Can Ole Miss win the SEC West? A Vegas better seems to think they're a dark horse to do it. We'll tell you about that. Plus, we talk in depth about Jackson Dart and Matt Corral and comparing year two in a Lane Kiffin offense. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. We have a great show in store for you today. We're going to talk about Vegas coming on board the Ole Miss train for what could be a pretty special year for the Ole Miss football team. And we're also going to talk about year twos. We've we've made it to the point where we're kind of assuming that Jackson Dart is going to be the one that runs out and take the first snap against Mercer, even though that might not get mentioned. Um, so we're going to talk about year twos of quarterbacks in the Lane Kiffin system. We're going to deep dive, dive, look at um, zones of each year from Matt Corral in 2020, 2021, Jackson Dart last year. And then we'll have our viewer moral segment at the end of the day. But first, let's start out with the Vegas line story. We get should get pretty fired up right now. Tanner McGrath from the Action Network. For people that don't know, that's the network that Brett McMurphy works for, the guy that seems to break everything. But this is a Vegas outfit. They're all about sports wagering. But he says, 2023 college football predictions, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss will upstage Nick Saban Alabama in the SEC West. From this headline, it sounds like he says Ole Miss is probably going to finish ahead of Alabama, and he's going to name two schools that he is betting on to win the SEC West outright. And the first one is LSU. LSU is on plus 190 at Caesars at the moment. Brian Kelly has already dethroned Nick Saban in the division last season, upsetting the tide as two touchdown home underdogs late in the season, sneaking into the SEC title game. The Tigers should be better in Kelly's second season, although their secondary recently um, had some corners and some depth issues to come through that might rear itself as a problem. Tigers also returned Jaden Daniels as a quarterback, the offense, and Harold Perkins, the quarterback of the defense, although he's kind of young. I don't know if I'd say that. Harold Perkins is just the best player on that defense. Those two have a superstar-level ceiling. That's actually very true. While the Tigers are a tad lucky last season, I can only expect them to improve with so much returning production. Plus, the schedule might be easier than last season. I don't know about that. Getting Alabama and Tuscaloosa is difficult going to Oxford. Both of their tough games in the divisions is on the road. LSU projects as a favorite in 11 games and draws Missouri and Florida from the east. If you look at ESPN FPI, they're a 60% favorite over Ole Miss and bought Hemingway Stadium. So it's not even quite a toss-up. I, I I view that 50% to 59% and the 40% to 49%. That's kind of the toss-up range. If it's a 60-40 game, it's not a toss-up at that point. But LSU is one of the teams that he is betting on. The other one is Ole Miss. They're getting 25 to 1 odds to be a dark horse at Bet MGM. Says Lane Kiffin is an offensive mastermind, and this offense has a chance to be really special. We've been saying that for months. The quarterback room is loaded with talent, even if Jackson Dart doesn't take the next step, which it looks like he will. You can feel good about falling back on either Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders or LSU transfer Walker Howard. 
That's absolutely true. It's it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. And we're going to talk about that in one of the viewer mail questions later on in the show. The offensive line returns 87% of the snaps from last season and includes more than 130 FBS starts. This is one of the top lines in college football per this Action Network reporter. So everybody's worried about the offensive line. And I tell you what's going on with the pass pro. See, other people can see it as well. This line will be walking, blocking for running back Quinshawn Judkins, one of college football's most elusive running backs, also one of the biggest and toughest. He generated 76 mixed tackles and 27 runs of 15 yards or more last season. Just, just a manimal. It's just fantastic. Um, I, th I, th I think Quinshawn has a chance to be very, very good moving forward. In total, nine starters returned for the Rebels, and they – Brought in several impactful transfers, including three receivers to make up for losing their top two pass catchers last season. Meanwhile, the Rebels stole off defensive coordinator Pete Golding from Alabama, representing one of the best coordinator hires in the country. Get fired up, Ole Miss fans. It's starting to happen. The stuff that I've been talking about for over a month, other people are starting to catch up with. The stuff that I was talking about two months about, you started hearing after camp started. Um, I, it's one of those situations where Ole Miss has all the potential in the world, but I will say this to caution everybody. There's an old coach's adage, and I've said this a bunch of times, your potential is going to get me fired. They still have to execute. They still have to get it done. And part of that will be Jackson Dart moving into a year quarterback, year two quarterback in the Lane Kiffin system. And we are going to talk all about that. And we're going to break down in the weeds and show you passing zones from Matt Corral in 2020 versus 2021, plus what Jackson Dart did last year. Maybe what we can expect this season as well. I'm really excited about what this can bring because if you look at it, there are certain areas that's about the same, but there's certain areas that get a lot better. And we'll talk about that in just a second. Right now, though, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So if you bet on the Saints to win the Super Bowl, you can win like 17 games worth of bonus bets, if I'm understanding this correctly, from FanDuel, if they win 17 games. You can use that to bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get those bonus bets for every single victory. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and start owning earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every single day, every dayers get fired up. Um, we have added somebody that is going to start appearing weekly on the show after the Mercer game. Chad Flowers from Brad and Chad Show fame will be a new weekly co contributor, just like Pratt Rogers and Derek Vandy Griff and those guys on this show. So we're going to have somebody else to put their perspective out in the ether because, you know, we're all about perspective and giving you a voice. It's not about me. It's about you. And the bigger we come, the louder we become, the more your voice gets heard. And that's the whole point of this um, podcast channel. So stick around for that. Now, 
we're entering a year two situation in Jackson Dart. And, and we've gotten to the point where, you know, Jackson Dart is likely going to be the first quarterback to take a snap against Mercer. So it's start, we can start thinking about what it means with Jackson Dart being the starter. We think Jackson Dart's the guy. We wish this charade would end, but it, whatever. You know, if you want to play coy, play coy. Now, Jackson Dart in year one, and I will put this up real quick. This is what Jackson Dart's zones looked like in year one. You can see five of 14 outside and left, five of 15 outside right, 10 of 32. He was about 33% on his deep balls, which is something that he absolutely needs to work on. Now, if you look at NFL passer ratings outside and left, he actually completed two touchdowns with no interceptions, had a 115 rating. While in the middle of the field, it was just 75. And this might be a situation for everybody, just so you know. I'm showing a graphic right now and we'll be showing graphics. So it might be a little bit easier to digest on the YouTube channel, but I'll try to explain it as good as possible. The mid outside zones, um, he was six and nine. He was 12 of 22. He was over 50%. This is a good area for Jackson Dart. And inside, let's say 20 yards. He is pretty efficient with the exception of the middle zone and the tic-tac-toe. The place where the linebackers normally live, he was just 24-47, 4.52, three touchdowns, three interceptions, 79 NFL passer rating. This is what Jackson Dart did in 2022. By comparison, we'll talk about Matt Corral in 2020. He was about 50% outside left with two interceptions. He was about 50% um, in the middle of the field deep. With two interceptions, he was a little over 50% throwing deep right. Matt Corral was one of the best deep ball throwers in Ole Miss football history. That is not going to change, okay? So when you look at deep passing, Matt Corral is going to always have the advantage, and you can just tell by his numbers where the, how that stands out. Now, when you look at him in the middle zones, great passer ratings, but it's also important to remember he had Elijah Moore. Don't forget, in 2020, Elijah Moore ran. And he was pretty good in the short, really short passes. But if you look at the interceptions, that was a problem. Two deep left, two deep center, one deep right. That's five interceptions on deep routes, four on intermediate, and then um, three on short routes, which is interceptions that just absolutely cannot happen. He ended up with a good number of interceptions that year. Now, if you look at him in 2021, this is the improvement year. And everybody talks about the jump that has been made from year one to year two. The completions percentage actually went down on the deep passes. And I think there was less contested passes thrown. That That is what that means. It's not that he's overthrowing receivers running wide open. He was probably hitting those. He's just not throwing it up so much. Um, and that happened. He threw five picks as a junior in 2020, two picks as a senior. We'll, we'll call it a senior class. In the intermediate zones, Matt Corral only had one interception, two touchdown passes, really dominant in the middle of the field. They it used that completely, really well. You can tell there was a comfort level that was established. Matt Corral was 45 of 68. That is nearly 70% of his passes in that troublesome zone. This is the zone. If you look at back at what Jackson Dart did, he was 27 of 47, about 50%, 3.5 of 
three picks and a 79 NFL passer rating. So if you go to Matt Corral in 2021, the year before, he was 45 of 68, 850 yards, two TDs, and a pick, 113 passer rating. He was really efficient in the short passes. He was just a good player in year two, even though Matt Corral was injured for most of the year. Now, what does this mean? Well, A, I think this means that Jackson Dart is going to take care of the ball. The 11 interceptions that Jackson Dart threw in year one, I think we're going to be all right in year two. I think he's he might cut that number in half. Now, we won't – the things that made Matt Corral so good, even in 2020, was the fact that he was a gunslinger, the fact that he, he would take chances. Now, he wasn't taking dumb chances. He, he, he knew when to take a chance, and he knew when he had a chance for that one-on-one to come out really advantageous for him. There was a play against Alabama in 2020, for instance. Matt Corral is back to pass. He gets some pressure, goes out left, throws across the field against his body to Elijah Moore. This is a pass that normal quarterbacks would not even attempt. But Matt Corral and that gunslinger mentality, he would absolutely do that. Now, this is also the type of pass that he was not making in 2021. The difference between 2020 and 2021 were plays like that. That play was a situation with, hey, it worked out, not that Matt Corral should be doing it. But what made Matt Corral so good in 2021 was cutting down on those turnovers and being crystal clear on the plays that he needed to make in this Lane Kiffin offense. Because this offense is both simple and complex. I know that makes no sense. But when you look, At this offense, these quarterbacks, it takes time to learn the idiosyncrasies of it, to understand the choices, because most routes from a receiver, it's it's options. It's an option route. A player might slant off at a 45-degree angle or take it sharp across or go straight downfield. That is something that happens. And if you are not sure what the receiver is going to do, that can cause you to appear inaccurate. That can cause you to hold on to the football, which can cause the offensive line to look like it's struggling. Those things need to be ironed out, and we'll be able to tell that really quick in the Mercer game. You'll be able to walk walk back and, and just see what Jackson Dart does against Mercer and see if he has a command of what he's doing in this offense. That That is the way this works. If he is dropping back and everything's in rhythm and he's throwing passes and all of a sudden receivers are wide open and there's certain things that happen and the Lane Kiffin shot plays are working as well, you know that Jackson Dart has full command of this offense. And I expect Jackson Dart to have full command of this offense. If Jackson Dart gets confused and coaches are going to make Jackson Dart confused, you don't get here if you don't. It, it, seriously, this is the probably the second or third best coaches outside of the NFL. These guys know what they're talking about. They know what they're doing. I think it was in the scrimmage the other day, Trey Washington picked him off, according to David Johnson. So understand exactly what it can look like and what you need to be looking for, especially at the quarterback position, because we're always going to be interested in the quarterback position. That is the thing that draws our eyes from the very beginning. From the last 70 years, quarterbacks have just been the apple of a fan's eye because they touch the ball every single play. 
they are the focal point of the offense, whether it's a team sport or not, the way you view it, the quarterback has more influence than any other player on the field. So we're going to pay attention to that. And we're going to talk, we've talked to Bill Flowers, we're going to talk to Stuart Patridge, and we're going to get their thoughts on the quarterback competition as well and what's going on. I think Jackson Dart is getting ready to take a massive step. And if you saw from the first segment of the show that Vegas is starting to come online too. And all these media outlets that are seeing things with their own eyes that I've been talking about for two months. I'm not saying that I'm some sort of a savant or something like that. I'm saying that I'm just not afraid to talk about what this offense could be. They needed confirmation. They needed to see it with their own eyes. I told you the potential that was there. If they don't make it, that's their fault. That's not mine. But we have a chance offensively to be very, very good in this coming season in all circles around Jackson Dart. It's If it's going to be truly his team, which all indications, every single indication leads me to believe that it is. With the emergence of Aiden Williams as a potential target on the outside, which will allow Zachary Franklin to get into a rotation outside and inside to where you can play with him, to where he lines up and use his skill set. With the emergence of Caden Priestcorn, Hudson Wolf showing up and going through scrimmages, Michael Trigg, if he can figure it out, like I said, that's a lottery ticket at this point. But it can be and it's not fatal if it is because of how good these skill players are on this offense the offensive line returning all of those players back and two players he brought in Quincy McGee and Victor, Victor Kern were all conference players for their team Victor Kern is competing with Eli Acker who was a spot starter last year this is interesting to me this is all all fun and games I get excited talking about it and thinking about what could possibly happen. When the Mercer game happens, when will be the first shot across the middle of the field? When will be the first time we see Quinshawn Judkins, which I have seen multiple times on the little clips that have been put out by Ole Miss Sports Media this fall camp. There's probably been five plays total put out. Two of them were Quinshawn Judkins running a wheel route. I think that's important. I think that is going to be a very big part of this offense. I think that is going to affect linebackers just as much as Caden Priestcorn, just as much as Jordan Watkins or Zachary Franklin or even Michael Trigg on the other side. I think doing that, adding that with a wheel route, and you have a chance for this offense to be really, really good. Now, here's the catch, and nobody's going to talk about this because we're going to get in the weeds just a little bit here. Okay. Quinshawn Judkins, whoever's playing running back, has been doing a lot of pass pro over the last couple of years. Whoever's, that's just the way this offense runs. This offense generally likes to block with six players. And if there's nobody for that sixth player to block, they go off into the flat as a um, check down receiver. Well, if Quinshawn Judkins gets involved in the pass game and any receiver, any player gets involved in the pass game, because that Ulysses Bentley in the spring game, I think caught a touchdown pass or two in the pass game. 
So the running backs can feature in this offense in the pass game. But that'll take the offensive line blocking down to five, which is something they don't normally do. In that situation, is Caden Priestcorn staying in and blocking? How are you getting that sixth man? That is going to be the interesting question. I do not think they're going to stay in and block with Jordan Watkins. You might have a situation to where they have a formation with Priestcorn, Trigg, and Judkins. Judkins runs a wheel. Um, Trigg runs a post, and Priestcorn is that sixth sixth man. It'll be really interesting to see. Um, I want to see it with my own eyes, honestly, before I comment too much on it. But that is a possibility that I am seeing through the brief number of clips and things that I've talked to recently. I think blocking with six is going to be pretty important. Whether that's a running back or a tight end, I do not know. With a tight end, if we're running 12 personnel, it becomes a little bit easier and we can do a little bit different stuff. So we'll see exactly how that goes. Anyway, when we come back, we will do viewer mail. All kinds of viewer mail. I think I think we got a Jeremiah Dillon question this week. Anyway, stick around. We'll talk about that. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, and we're going to do our viewer mail. Our viewer mail is blown up. People love our viewer mail. And I get comments all the time on our Discord and people participating in it. And it's just a fun way to build community on the Discord server. We're in the middle of open enrollment right now for the Discord. Let me put that up at the moment. Basically, go into the link that's in the description. If it doesn't work, it might say it's expired. Do not freak out. Just let me know and I can get you an updated link. Those links do expire. And the reason they expire is because Become Come September 1st, this Discord becomes a private board. And in that private board, we'll be able to talk about Ole Miss sports and we can like keep things fairly contained. We also have a super private board for people that prove themselves in the main board to where we drop nuggets of information and things that are a little bit more sensitive. So it should, it's a lot of fun. We have a good time on that Discord board. We ask questions. It, it's it's a nice little bit of back and forth that happens there. So go down to the link. Um, the link is in the description. Sign up there and join the Discord before September 1st, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you very much for that. All right, viewer mail. Let's get started. I wish I knew 10 asked, do you think Lane circles games on his calendar or does he simply work one week at a time no matter the opponent? Okay, two answers here I wish I knew. Um, publicly, it is the latter. Publicly, he takes everything one game at a time. No game is more important than the other, and you're trying to just reach a standard each and every week, and if you do that, you will win the games. That That is all the coach speak. That is something that every single coach says. The reality is, I think that Alabama game is special to him. I think he wants to, ego-wise, beat Nick Saban. And he is running out of time to do that. So if he's going to get him, he needs to get him quick. This might be a good year to do it. But for Ole Miss to advance like they did, like we talked about earlier in the show, Ole Miss needs to get one of Alabama and LSU, in my opinion. 
that road at Georgia is going to be a, um, a tough game. So I think that Alabama game and those LSU games, the end of September, it's going to be circled. Now, the flip side of this is, and everybody needs to pay attention because everybody needs to be wary of what happened last season. If should Alabama and LSU get sideways, I would be nervous about the Arkansas game at that point. At that point, seven and five, six and six becomes a possibility. Be, and after that um, Arkansas game, I need to see how that Ole Miss comes out for Arkansas because it is no, there is no shame losing to Alabama and LSU. None whatsoever. They need to be ready to go and not let it slide to where Arkansas last year happens again, Mississippi State. I, I, need, to, I need to make sure this one week of a time stuff that we hear about is something that he actually lives by. I think that he has a really good chance, and that game is circled, though, that Alabama game. It was circled last year. It was circled the year before that, and it was circled the year before that. So I don't think it would not be circled this year. I think the LSU game will also be a big game as well. All right. Joshua Warren, 24-17, says, let's play pretend and say Dart goes down first half of the season. Do you want Spencer Sanders finishing out the year or Walker Howard? And this is a question real similar to what me and um, Pratt Rogers talked about in his piece this week. And I am of the opinion that there's nothing that is happening in 2023 is as important as what's happening in 2024. And this isn't a hope for the future or wait till next year type personality. It's just that 12 team playoff and everything that is built up talent wise for Ole Miss to be eligible and able to commit compete for that 12-team playoff, and potentially even having a home game against, say, Oregon in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. I think that would simply be the biggest moment in Ole Miss's program history. And knowing that, Ole Miss needs to maximize 2023. I'm not saying tank 2023. This isn't a draft pick type situation. But in a situation to where you're at after the Auburn game and you have to play another quarterback, Walker Howard gets more use and your program gets more use out of him getting those reps than Spencer Sanders. Now it'll be nice that game that happens, that actual game, if it goes down and happens like that, yes, Spencer Sanders would be invaluable because of his experience. But once the season goes on, those reps will be invaluable to Walker Howard and to the 2024 Ole Miss football team, which has a chance to be really, really good. It all depends on the quarterback position, and we can kind of help grease that wheel this year. That's my opinion on that. It's nothing against Spencer. It's everything towards that 2024 and that playoff and Texas and Oklahoma coming in all of that stuff. We don't get Alabama. We don't get Auburn that year. It's going to look a little different. There's going to be some excitement around this team going into 2024. So we'll see exactly what happens there. And H.H. Burns, 8790, says, how is Jeremiah Dillon progressing? Now, you don't hear too much about Jeremiah Dillon. And I think he's just because he's in that glob of receivers that's below the starting group of receivers. But I will say this about Jeremiah Dillon. He is he is a track guy. He is really exciting. And what is it? I think he's from Sumrall. He's he's from somewhere around there in the Pine Belt. He's a good football player, and if he ever clicks, he has a chance to perform really well. Now, I've heard 
that drops might have be a, been a problem recently for Jeremiah Dillon. Might be true, might not be true, but that's what I've heard. That's the same thing that's kind of inhibiting Braylon Brown, another player that's immensely talented. So we will see exactly how this goes as fall camp progresses. And we're getting ready to move into the final stage after the scrimmage that happens Saturday. We will be in the final stage of fall camp. Anyway, sign up for our Discord. Link is down in the description. Um, open enrollment in September 1st. Sign up there we'll, with the invite. Enjoy it. Talk with us. Have fun. We'll have a lot of fun with that as well. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Lockdown on this podcast today. It, really good show, I think. And I hope everybody has a good time. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, it's just fantastic. Everydayers, Bill Flowers, Stuart Patridge. We've got Mike Espy said he would do it, but we haven't um, set up a time yet. We have um, John Making Gillespie is going to do it. We have the usual suspects of Derek Vandegrift, Tom Vanderford, and those guys that are going to do it. And it's it, the list grows seemingly weekly. And I do want to say once the season starts, like after the Mercer game, we'll start having Chad Flowers on for weekly segments as well of the Chad, Brad and Chad show fame. So that should be really good indeed. Anyway, until tomorrow, have a good one. Hotty toddy.